welcome back to In the Know. Uh, it's Valentine's Day. Reason to celebrate for some, I guess. Um, <laughs> including Tiffany. That sounded saltier than the amount of like salt on the roads right now. Yeah, well, last Valentine's Day I had somebody to celebrate with and not this year, so. Luke, we can celebrate together. Oh, I can third wheel on your Valentine's Day date. <laughs> you can go out to a nice dinner and just ask for a high chair. <laughs> And I'll sit on the end of the table and, yes, and my listen colleague, to podcasts. My colleague will have an ice water and a Caesar salad. Yeah. And chicken nuggets, does please. He, does he qualify for the couple's discount? Oh, my God. Yep. Okay, Share well, now, now y'all know what we're up to this week. Um, all right, let's jump into the headlines for this week. This weekend, Minnesota Senator Amy Klobuchar announced her bid for presidency. Last year, she was reelected to serve a third term in the Senate and is the first female senator to represent Minnesota. She said her campaign will focus on issues like immigration, health care, education, and climate change. A tenured neuroscience professor at University of Minnesota is being disciplined for, quote, grave misconduct, according to a letter of reprimand delivered by the dean of the university medical school. Michael K. Lee is being removed from the graduate school faculty for creating a work environment of, quote, intimidation and fear. The letter states that he expected constant availability, set unrealistic deadlines, and yelled at lab assistants. Lee responded by saying the charges are arbitrary and untrue. Students may soon be able to purchase emergency contraceptives from vending machines in Kaufman Union. The Minnesota Student Association is leading the initiative to make drugs like Plan B more accessible for students. The vending machines would counter the student health center's limited hours and the high cost of drugs. Boynton said it is teaming up with MSA and speaking with vending companies. And, and those, those are our headlines, headlines for the week. week. This Friday night, if you walk west across Washington Avenue Bridge, past the Carlson School, and into the Cedar Riverside neighborhood, you'll find a man on the sidewalk serving pizza and tea to passerbys. His name is Abdurrahman Mukhtar. His friends call him Abdi. My name is Abdurrahman Mukhtar. Um, I work for the Minneapolis Park and Recreation Board, City of Minneapolis. I am a community outreach access coordinator. Abdi gives out pizza and Somali tea every Friday night from 8 to 10, despite below freezing temperatures. He doesn't have a heater. He doesn't wear gloves. What he offers is free food and conversation without judgment for the youth of Cedar Riverside. That's because he understands tough circumstances. He spent his childhood navigating uncertainty. You know, I'm, I was born in Somalia, and the civil war broke out when I was only 10. Well, this week we take you to Somalia and the capital Mogadishu. Somalia is a devastated country. Decades of conflict and failed efforts for peace have left the East African nation facing desperate poverty and lawlessness. Piles of blood-stained clothes lie in a heap. They are here for relatives to identify if their loved ones fell victim to the war. Children as young as eight take part in the fierce and bitter fighting that continues as the powerful clans now battle each other for supremacy. So my family fled the second week of the civil war. So we end up in refugee camp in Kenya. Despite lacking basic needs like shelter and food in the refugee camp, Abdi believes he was among the fortunate. Because some other kids and other families um, did not make it or died. Um, they were not able to flee. They were not able to leave the country. They were not even able to 
come to a refugee camp. So even though life was really hard um, being in refugee camp, but at the same time, I stay humble because uh, I was very lucky to even be in a refugee camp comparing to other families and other kids. Eventually, Abdi's family moved to the United States. In high school, he helped start a student group for Somali immigrants who struggled to fit in. We didn't speak the language, we didn't know how to navigate the system, we didn't know how the school system worked. So, and early on, we started organizing as a student association and figuring out, you know, things that we can do collectively. And because of that, I was able to be involved in leadership and organizing students. And that's when I found out I, I can really make a difference. His group was focused on teaching non-Somali students about his culture. Or as Abdi put it, his group was building bridges. And, and because of that, I've been doing that kind of work, community work, volunteering, getting involved in student organizations and you know, volunteering in the community. And that's when I started doing youth work. After graduating from the University of Minnesota with a bachelor's degree in kinesiology and a minor in coaching, he began to notice a systemic problem in youth work. The traditional youth work in America is actually K to five. You know, you have after school programs and programs that help young people or kids who are in kindergarten to, you know, high school. Once they age out, you know, most of the programs kick them out. Um, Some of those young people don't have families or parents that can help them. Um, Some of them drop out school. They don't get jobs. Some of the neighborhoods that they live is very challenging. So they don't have their own spaces, and sometimes that leads to other problems. Youth violence in the neighborhood has been a growing concern for some residents of Cedar Riverside. Abdi recounts when shootings between youth and the Somali community first began. He waited for other people to step up and stop the violence, until he decided to do something himself. I attended so many funerals. You know, I went to, I visited so many families, especially moms who really lost their own children. Some of them lost more than two. It's always sad when you see that, and when you always see no one is really doing anything about this. And I said, you know, I cannot wait other people doing something about this issue. I have to do something about this. So he started another youth organization. He named it Daryel Youth, which means care in Somali. On Fridays, he sees lots of teenagers and young adults just hanging out around the neighborhood. Some of them are struggling with issues like addiction or homelessness. The goal is really to be there for them every Friday and show their care and their conversation. Some of them will come, may not eat at all, but they come for having someone who acknowledges them as human being. We asked Abdi what him and the boys talk about, and he said, Life, friends, you know, family, because some of them I know they're family members and they're friends, but when they're down or when they're really thinking about you know, getting help, um, they'll come to you and they'll tell you, um, this is what I want to talk about. Sometimes if someone is with me and they don't feel comfortable 
having that conversation, they'll tell me, I'll be back for you. <laughs> I'll come back. And even if I tell them, get a tea or a piece, they'll say, no, no, I want to talk to you. I'll come back for that. That's why I'm there every Friday. I'm being consistent just to show them that I'm not giving up on you. So don't give up on yourself. That's a lesson Mohammed, a freshman in Augsburg University, has heard from Abdi throughout his life. Uh, my name is Mohammed Salad. Augsburg University. Abdi was Muhammad's soccer coach first. Turns out, he's always been like this. A mentor, giving gentle, persistent encouragement. We would lose a game and, you know, he would say something something along the lines of like, you know, you guys lost a game, but you guys had fun too. And we all be like, yeah, you know what, he's right. So I think it just instills in you for, as you get older, that sometimes you kind of lose things and sometimes you don't really, things don't go the way you planned it, but you have fun along the way and you enjoy the, the, the journey of it. Today, Muhammad runs track at Augsburg and studies political science, economics, and religion. He's a busy guy. After our interview, he told me he was going to give a speech at Brian Coyle Center. And Abdi has instilled in him a sense of responsibility for the younger kids in his community. As I got older, I started to realize that there wasn't a lot of Abdis in our community. And there wasn't a lot of people that, you know, interacted with children the way he did. Um, so it definitely shaped my life in the sense that I wanted to be able to be that person and to do that. So as I got older, I, you know, constantly um, was in the lives of the kids younger than me in the community and constantly mentoring them and talking to them and, you know, doing the things that Abdi did for them, even um, coaching along the lines as well. Even though Muhammad lives a different life than most of the youth Abdi talks to on Fridays, Muhammad says he still sees himself in them. You know, just because, uh, quote unquote, like I'm not, I'm not doing the things that they do. It doesn't mean I'm any better than them and doesn't mean that I'm any more successful than they are. It's just that, you know, they've been dealt a, a hand that I haven't and, you know, I can wake up tomorrow morning and everything can go to shit and I can, you know, be asking Abdi for pizza and, and tea. And the beauty of it is he isn't going to judge you for it and he isn't going to look at you any different. Even if it's me, he's going to say, you know, how can I help you? And um, what do you need? And I think that's the, the, the very, very important part. Abdi and Muhammad care deeply about their community. Crime and youth violence aren't the whole picture. To them, Cedar Riverside is home. I cannot say Cedar Riverside is a very dangerous neighborhood and the violence is up. The data, of course, will show that, but the reality on the ground is different because I live there and, and that's where I am every day. And you'll see me in City Riverside every Friday, 8 to 10. And, and, and I'm not afraid of gun violence or, you know, I may be afraid of the cult. But at the same time, you know, see, a, a lot of people don't really realize the beauty and how unique City Riverside neighborhood is. This episode was produced by me, Luke Diamond, and was reported by Tiffany Bui. Our intro music is by J.D. Duggan. Listen to us on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's all for this week. Thanks for listening.